I don't come away from it thinking like, oh, that was awful. I come away from it thinking, why did I open my big mouth? Why couldn't I just be comfortable in silence? My name is Taylor Stevens. I'm the New York Times bestselling author of the Vanessa Michael Monroe series, and this is um, my unnamed and shall not be named podcast. And I'm here with my good friend Steve Campbell, without whom we would not have this podcast. And today we are talking about I don't know what because it's his turn to pick. So, Steve, what are we talking about? Well, today? since it's my turn to pick, I'm going to let people know that if they do download this, they're probably downloading something that says The Taylor Stevens Show. And I know you don't like the name The Taylor Stevens Show. <laughs> you like the unnamed podcast better. So we go we go both ways. But last week, you mentioned something that I found fascinating. The idea that you could stand up in front of a room full of 100, 200, 300 people, and I know you've done this before, and just riff and be completely comfortable in front of that group, but the idea of sitting down with a group of, a small group of fans who have made an effort to come and see you because they love their books causes you to sweat bullets, and I I found that interesting, so I'd like to talk just a little bit about uh, the different types of speaking that you do and okay. how you how you prepare, what you do, and do you prepare, um, <laughs> and, and what it's like for you. But because standing up in front of a large audience is, is, is one of the great fears that all of us have. Right. So, yeah, I can relate to that. Let's, let's, um, let's talk mean, about it. You, you gave okay. a talk not that long ago at uh, somewhere in, in Texas because I remember you were going somewhere and you were giving a talk. So let, yeah. let's start there. Well, um, I, I don't, I'm just, wow, I'm drawing, I mean, I know I did, but yeah, I do it a lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it didn't always used to be this way. I have to even backtrack a little bit more. It was, um, I have the ability, which I discovered quite by accident to take, um, difficult to understand concepts and, uh, break them down and explain them so that somebody who's completely unfamiliar with this uh, has no, I can, can understand it. And I discovered this while I was still in the cult. It's a funny story. This will entertain you guys. Um, we, uh, we used to go out, uh, well, we spent a lot of time out on the streets begging. Uh, during the Christmas season, we used to do caroling door to door. And, you know, when you're in a cult, <laughs> you kind of try not to let people know that you're in a cult, especially when you're asking them to give you money. And, um, you know, we had our little lines down, fundraising this, fundraising that. And um, most of the time, people didn't really stop and ask a lot of questions, which was fine. But um, over the Christmas season, often we'd go caroling, uh, Christmas caroling, and then we'd, you know, try and sell video cassettes or whatever, just as a way to raise money. At this one particular night, there was a group of maybe six or seven of us, and um, all of us were uh, young, like me. Um, I was probably the oldest of the young ones. And then there was um, one actual adult with us who would have been the driver and um, supposed to be the responsible one. So anyway, we're out there Christmas caroling, and we, we stop at this one house, and the people start asking us questions. And they're very friendly, very innocuous questions, not like, are you guys a cult type questions? And everybody just stands there, mouth singing open, like, uh, we've never processed this before. <laughs> it was the most embarrassing, no, it wasn't the most embarrassing moment of my life, but it was an embarrassing moment. 
And I looked at the grown-up who's supposed to be responsible and in charge, and he was just as blank-faced as everybody else. So I answered the question. And I answered it, apparently, very impressively, because after it was over, everybody looked at me and said, wow. <laughs> you're now the grown-up. <laughs> you're, now, you're now our, our representative, right? So um, the, this thing of being able to talk, obviously, has, has, um, it's not new. But when, when the information is first published and, um, and uh, I had to start getting in front of crowds, it, I didn't do so good at first. I, was, I mean, as long as I was answering questions, it was fine, but I was very nervous. I had um, tics, and it was very uncomfortable. And, All right, what were the tics? Uh, just kind of body movements, like, you know, kind of, you know, that, that self-soothing you do when you kind of rock yourself a little bit mm-hmm. because you, those types of things. Okay. And I'm just real, you could tell I'm just real wound up and tense and everything. So I had no idea what to expect. And, um, so anyway, there are, are a lot of readers that still come to my, um, book launch signings who are like, I remember you back then. You're so different now compared to what you used to be which is really, really true, because I've grown comfortable with this whole public speaking thing. Um, And what I found is that um, I don't really prepare for speaking engagements anymore. I used to, but I'm not really coming up with new material. Every single time, it's it's more or less the same thing, but it's always going to be different because it's completely off the cuff. And what version somebody gets that day just depends on what pops into my mind when I'm doing the, the, the speaking event. Just kind of like now how I'm like, let me tell you this story of something that happened to me when I was. <laughs> um, and, it, and it's like that a lot. But really, I'm covering the, t- the, the story of, of where I came from and, and how I got to where I am now and, and things I've learned along the way. And um, I think the reason why it's not so scary to me anymore is because A, I've done it a lot. And B, I've never come away from one of those events with people saying, wow, you really sucked. <laughs> so after a while, you get to realize, you know, it doesn't really matter what I say. Something is going to be beneficial to someone and I'm, I'm entertaining, I guess. And so um, just don't sweat it. If I make mistakes, I laugh at myself and um, I stumble over my words and I get mental fog and all of that. And I, and I just laugh at myself because, you know, I'm human. But these are people who came to hear a speech. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are not really so familiar with my work. So they're, they're starting from a clean slate of, of not knowing who I am. But when I have to meet people who know who I am and I've already exhausted all those funny stories, <laughs> then it's just me <laughs> and all my flaws. And it's really, really awkward for me. All right. I've got a great idea. We should have a podcast listener meetup sometime after you've exhausted all of your stories. And so we could just all sit in a big circle and watch you try and come up with new material. I think oh, that would be so interesting. Awful. Oh, no, that would, that would be evil is what that would be. <laughs> All right. So give, give me an example of uh, a small group like this thing you did um, last week in New York or sometime in the past where you're just there at a bookstore. Some people show up and it's not really a speech. It's just they're there to see you and talk with you. You're nervous. How does it go? Well, I mean, it goes good. 
But, and I don't know, maybe they can't even tell that I'm nervous, but I just feel like I owe them so much and I don't want them to be disappointed in me. And I don't want them to feel like they wasted their time and came all this way and then, wow, what a waste that was. So I feel like I, I need to give them something from me, but I don't really know what it is. I went to an author event one time, and I, I won't mention the author. She's a friend, and uh, I thought it was great. I, I thought she was spot on. I thought it was good. The stories were funny. It was very well done. And I got an email from her the next day apologizing. You know, I was really tired last night. Um, I've been on the road for a while. I'm, you know, I'm so sorry I wasn't at my best, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Do you ever have that feeling? You get to the end of it and you go, wow, that wasn't good. No, because I'm not looking at it in those terms. I just want people to be happy. That You know, we talked before about how, with we talked about Bible scriptures and stuff mm-hmm. and how, okay, so um, there's this one Bible verse that says out of, um, in the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin. And I'm like, the more I talk, I'm sure the more there's sin coming out of my mouth. And by sin, I don't mean like sin, sin. I just mean like, you know, all my flaws and it's mm-hmm. like, just shut up, just shut up, <laughs> stop talking. <laughs> because when I get nervous, I talk a lot and I just say really random stuff. And, um, <laughs> I don't come away from it thinking like, oh, that was awful. I come away from it thinking, why did I open my big mouth? (laughs) Why couldn't I just be comfortable in silence? And I know the reason I can't be comfortable in silence is because I feel like I need to give something and that if I'm sitting there in silence and other people are going to be uncomfortable and I don't want them to be uncomfortable. So I'll just be stupid. All right, I've got a couple questions for you. What's yeah. the strangest question you've ever oh. you've ever had at, at one of these talks? I don't I don't know. Oh, I guess okay. Once when I was at BoucherCon, I was on a panel. I'm really open to answering any questions that people ask me about my past and stuff, but it has to be in an appropriate setting. And we were I was on this panel where we were talking about investigators. It wasn't the best panel for me to be on because my character isn't really a private investigator, but that's where I was, and you're making the best of it. Mm-hmm. And after that was all over, and the pan- when you're on a panel, it's not about you, you know? You're not the star. It is the panel. Everybody on the panel, you're sharing your experiences together. And so this lady stands up, and she says, well, this question is for Taylor. What was the mission statement of the cult that you were born into? And I kind of like, well, first of all, this is not the appropriate setting to be asking me that because this isn't a Taylor panel. And the second is, are you out of your mind? Mission statement? Cults don't have mission statements. That's, that's, a, that's a business, a business uh, thing. You know, it's like we thought out our mission statement is to, um, you know, take all the money that society will give us and, um, you know, make sure our kids grow up without an education. And, and no, there's no mission statement. And I just looked at her and I was like, I guess you'd have to ask the people who were running the cult. <laughs> I don't know. It was just a bizarre question. Is there a question that has never been asked at, in a public setting that you wish someone would ask? 
I, I don't know how to answer that question because so much of the time my, my interaction in the public is wanting to make sure that I give other people, give the audience what it is that they need, that I'm not even thinking, I wish somebody would ask me this question. Okay, La- last question that, that I had prepared for this, and that is someone asked the question la- uh, a couple weeks ago in the Q&A session about writing training, and you had not taken any formal writing training. You just had read some books. Um, same question about speaking. Have you ever taken any public speaking training? No, but actually I have a really funny story about that. Do we have time for a story? Sure. So when I was in Kenya, we used to do a lot of... um... My stories often start that way. When I was in Kenya... (laughs) Uh, Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) We did a lot of fundraising with nonprofits and, you know, just different stuff. Um, And one day when um, me and my... Um, not, I wasn't married to him then and I'm not married to him now. So I don't even know how to refer to him, but my ex-husband, um, were out. Uh, he ran into this, uh, foreign woman that he had known and they started up this conversation and I totally did not understand what they were talking about. And they were talking about Toastmasters and I had never heard of Toastmasters. I had no idea what it was. And she says, yeah, why don't you guys come tonight? So I was like, okay. And, and so we ended up going to Toastmasters, but I had never been to something like that before. I it and so I didn't even know what we were going to. And we ended up in this Toastmasters meeting and I was, you know, all the invitees were supposed to to stand up and say something about themselves and what they were doing there. And I was the first one called upon. And I didn't even I was just it was one of the most uncomfortable, well, I can't say that. There's been a lot of uncomfortable situations in my life. But it was very awkward. And then afterwards you know, everybody got together and, you know, they were ordering dinner and like, we didn't have any money. So fortunately, the person who was sitting next to me was like, I'll get yours for you. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Um, But I didn't really understand how it operated. So that was my introduction. Like, I think we were maybe almost finished with the Toastmasters meeting and they were critiquing the speakers and everything that I started to go, okay, that's what this is. So I'm very aware of what Toastmasters is now, but not in a very pleasant way. Um, so no, I've never taken any um, public speaking courses or, or anything, but that doesn't mean I won't. I might. I, I don't know if this writing thing doesn't work out. Maybe public speaking <laughs> and speaking engagements is a plan B. Well, knows. you seem to enjoy it. I do. I do. It's fun. All right. as, soon, as, as soon as it's not fun, I won't do it anymore. All right. And our, our new favorite way to end the show, Taylor, what is our call to action this week? Okay. Racking my brain. All right. I think this week we will see who really, really loves the series the way that they say that they do. Um, it is find someone who's never heard of the series and share it with them, whether it's telling them about the books Lending them your books, pushing them to go buy the books, whatever. Point them in the direction of the library where they can get the books. Yeah, there's a library right down the street. Um, uh, Bullying them into it, breaking arms, bats to kneecaps, kidding. Um, Yeah, share it 
with two people this week. That is our call to action. All right. It doesn't share. matter which book, doesn't matter which one, um, your favorite one. Most people start with the informationist. I'd prefer that you start with the mask because that's the new book right now <laughs> and we need to sell it. But whatever it is that you do, it's your choice. All right, we need a clever acronym for this, for our call to action, share with two people. So I'm not smart enough to come up with Got anything? Nope, acronym. nothing? No, no. All but, right, well, hey, you're, you're quick something. enough to come up with a story at the drop of a hat when I ask you a, a question about public speaking, so I thought maybe I you had this, too. I got a lot of too. really weird stories in my background. <laughs> um, but if any of our readers, our listeners, come up with a clever acronym for this, share it with a friend. We will use that. Yes. So email it to Taylor. Where would they email that? Contact at taylorstevensbooks.com. Excellent. So that's it for another week. We will talk to you again next week. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for being here, guys.